last week, we saw a perfect timing from Galatians chapter 4. Perfect timing when God the Father sent God the Son to be born of a woman in a Bethlehem barn. Uh, we saw last week that God is never late. He's never early. Our God is always on time. Have you found that to be true? It was true 2,000 years ago when Jesus put on a human body. It's still true today when we're uh, in 2020 looking around and all the wild and craziness going on all around us. Let me say it to you again because it's important to remember. God is never late. God's never early. He's always precisely on time. Today we're going to examine the perfect birth of Jesus. If you have your Bible located on your phone, uh, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 1 today. Matthew chapter 1 uh, tells us about the perfect birth of Jesus. It was perfect because Matthew chapter 1 tells us what Jesus is going to do in coming to planet earth, and it tells us exactly who Jesus is by becoming God with skin on, okay? So this, this birth is perfect, and today we get to dig in. If you're watching online, you can go to the Bible tab and dial up Matthew chapter 1. Uh, many of you have got your Bibles with you. Just open it up, Matthew chapter 1. Uh, we're going to put it right here up on the screen. Dan will do that for us. If you're able, would you stand? And, and I would say even if you're watching at home, put your Cheerios down, put your Johann's Donut down, and your coffee. Okay, you can stand along with us. We're going to start with verse 18. We're going to read down through verse 25. You ready? Here we go. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, it's a really familiar passage that we just read. So I'm praying, Lord, that you'll help us to focus in on what you have to say to us this morning. And we just want to 
Say thank you. Thank you for sending the perfect choice, your eternal son, to earth. And by, bring, by sending your son, Jesus, it changes everything. It changes every one of us. It changes and changed the course and the direction of history. And your son coming to earth is still changing everything in 2020. So help us, Lord, as uh, we dig in and talk about the perfection that you sent to us and for us. But Lord, I just want to pause for a moment because we got some people we love and we care about who are hurting and struggling in the church family. So I just want to lift up some of them before you. Uh, we're, we're a family here, Lord, and we care about Gordon and Teresa a lot. Pray that your presence and your power would surround them. We, we love Chris and Raquel, and thank you that he's home and help him to get stronger. Thank you, Lord, that Sam is doing so much better, and I thank you for Nurse Linda that you'll help them. Thank you for uh, getting Greg home, and I pray for Nurse Sharon. Uh, thank you that Larry and Sherry are doing better. Thank you for bringing Jane through uh, some surgery this last week. I pray for Nurse Al. Uh, continue to pray for Diana and Bruce. And I even pray out loud for my dad, Warren, that you'll help uh, your presence and your love and your comfort be there on them. And I pray uh, for the nurse, my mother, Dorothy, and Rachel down there with them. So, Lord, thank you for... Uh, allowing us to just pray for each other. I pray for all who are battling this nasty virus. Lord, I, I pray for protection for the family here. I pray for peace and grace and your presence to rain down on them. And now, Lord, we're going to need your help because we're digging in a really familiar section. And uh, lots of times we think we already know what this says. We've heard it a hundred times before. But Lord, I'm praying on the 101st time that you'd speak and we're here for you, from you. This is your book and you've inspired it. And Lord, I believe you have something to say to each and every one of us, myself included, here this morning. So you speak, we're ready to listen and respond. And all the church family watching online, all those who are present here in the building, we all said with one strong voice, that wasn't very strong. Shut your eyes again. And all those watching online, all those present here in the building said with one really strong voice. Yeah. You did good. <laughs> Could be seated. <laughs> the perfect account of the perfect birth of Jesus Christ answers two key questions for us here. First question is this. Why, oh, why did the second person of the Trinity, why did he choose to leave the glory and the splendor of heaven to take on a human body? Why, why would he do that? Why would Jesus come and take on human form? And, and what is it that Jesus is going to do perfectly here on planet Earth? That's the first question this uh, perfect birth account answers. Second question this passage answers perfectly is who precisely is this Jesus, this one who was born 
in a stable in a barn in Bethlehem, born in a feeding trough. In, in, who exactly is this Jesus? Okay? So we'll answer the first question first. Why did Jesus come to earth? Why, what was his mission? What was his purpose in becoming man? Matthew 1, verse 21, okay? An angel is informing Joseph, the engaged husband of Mary, and, and here's what the angel explains to Joseph, explains to us. She, Mary, will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. Why that? Because he will save his people from their sins. It means Savior, okay? Literally, uh, name him Jesus. Why? Because Jesus will save his people from their sins. All of humanity throughout all of history, our greatest problem is sin. Um, and the perfect news that Jesus came to earth to save us, to deliver us from our greatest problem, which is what? Sin. We, we, we struggle with sin, and we have no answer for our greatest problem, which is sin. Romans 3, verse 23. God's word is clear, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, okay? There, there is no one, there's no exceptions, all of us have sinned. And then Romans 6.23 says something else that's very true, the wages of sin, we're all sinners, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord, okay? Okay? God created us in His image to be His children, to be His friends, but we have this problem, we're sinners, okay? So now we cannot have connection uh, with a perfect, sinless, holy, righteous God, got it, okay? He wants us to experience a full, rich, vibrant life in connection with Himself, but we have this thing called sin, okay? Um, you got this picture. Dan, you got that picture for us right up here, okay? Look at it with me, okay? You, you got man, and we're sinners, um, and then you have God who wants us to give a rich, vibrant, holy, wonderful life with himself, but you have this gulf in between. What are we going to do? What, what are we going to do, okay? And some of us would say, well, well, you just got to be good, right? Just got to be really good, and if I'm good enough, I can make the jump, and I can have relationship with God. Now, here's the truth. Are you ready? The best person you know, the, the goodest person that's ever been born, uh, the problem is this chasm is like 100 miles, Okay? And, and now you have the best person you can even imagine. I, I don't know who that is. Maybe Billy Graham, okay? 
Picture in your brain that maybe it's your grandma, the nicest, goodest, most moral person. Here, here's the problem, okay? When I try, I all have sinned, and now we fall down into the chasm, the canyon, if you will. And, and let's say that nicest person could jump 10 miles, but that's still a problem. Why? Because <laughs> they fall short of the glory of God, okay? They're still going to go splat, Okay? And Greg, people like you and I, maybe we only get one step, you know, because we're just goofy sinners. Uh, we know we can't make it to the other side on our, on our own. So, we're, so what, what's the answer? What's the answer? Um, go to the next picture, would you, Dan? Um, the answer is, who's the answer? It says right up there. It's Christ. <laughs> the, the only answer, the perfect news, is that God the Father sent God the Son to be born of a mother named Mary so that eternal God who has come to earth can save his people from their sin. You understand? That's what, that's what Christmas is all about. God the Father knew we had this chasm and no way were we ever going to be able to make it on our own because all have sinned and fall short. Okay? Jesus Christ is the bridge builder. He did that on the cross. He did that through his shed blood. He did that going into the grave on our behalf, and he rose victoriously early Sunday. That's what Jesus came to accomplish, okay? To save his people from their sin. Now, here's a hard question. How do we become his people? How do we become his people who he will save from their sin. Final picture. We become the people of God by believing the gospel facts. Okay? Fact number one, Jesus left the glory and the splendor of heaven and came to earth for me and for you. Okay? Fact number two, gospel fact number two, Jesus lived a sinless life. Never sin, thought, word, deed. Therefore, fact number three, Jesus qualifies to be the sinless Lamb of God. And he allowed his blood to be shed to wash my greatest problem in life and yours too. What's our greatest problem? Sin, okay? Fact number four, Jesus took our place in the tomb. And in fact number five, you ready? Chrissy, you got this? Early Sunday morning, he physically, bodily arose from the dead, okay? Those are facts, and 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2 says, we believe those facts for me. Mama can't believe those facts for me, right, John? Grandma can't believe the facts for me. I have to believe the facts for Jeff. And you have to believe those facts. You believe, Jesus, you came to earth for me. You lived a sinless life on my behalf. You took my place on the cross. I believe that. You allowed your blood to flow to wash and cleanse my sin problem. You took my place in the grave early Sunday morning. I believe you arose from the dead for me. And now I receive you as my king my Savior, my Lord, my friend. You understand? That, that, that's, 
That's how it works. Now go back to Matthew 1.21, and suddenly now it makes sense. Jesus came to earth, took on a human body to save his people from our sins. And how do you become his people? You believe in what he did for us, and you open the door of your life, and you receive him as Savior and King, okay? That's what he came to earth for, to seek and to save the lost. All of us are lost, but we get found when we believe the gospel facts and receive him as Savior and Lord. Now, here's my question. Have you done that for you? I don't want to just give you, I, I, I want to challenge you right now. Have you believed the facts of the cross and the empty tomb are your only way to be saved? Have you believed that? Have you opened the door of your life and received Jesus as Savior and King? I'll say it again. Your godly grandma can't do that for you. This good friend that you might be married to, he can't do that for you. She can't do that. You have to do that personally for you and invite Jesus in. And if you're watching online, we just happen to have a tab right now. You can hit and you can say, you know what? I want to open the door of my life and receive Jesus as my Savior. And King. I, I want to be His people who He'll save and, and take care of my greatest problem. And if you're here in person, can I just say, anytime while I'm speaking, if you're saying, I, I want to be a follower of Christ, I want Him in my life, just make your way right over to the prayer corner, okay? You don't have to wait till we're done. You just go. That's the most important thing you can possibly do. You just head over there right now. So the first question this passage answers, why did Jesus come to earth and become God with skin on? The answer, to save his people from their sins. Okay, that's why he came. He came to save his people. Who are his people? Those who believe in what he did for us and receive and invite him in. Then you become his people. The second question in this passage that gets answered perfectly, well, who exactly is this Jesus that was born in a stable? Who, who is he? Who, who exactly is? Go to verse 23. Here, here's the answer. It says, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him, what are they going to call him? Say it a little louder now. Everybody can get it. They're going to call him. And that means, literally, God is with us. God is with us. I love this quote from Pastor Greg Laurie. Christmas means we never have to be alone again because of Emmanuel. Jesus is always there with us. I think that's worth saying again, okay? Christmas means, why don't you say this with me? This is good for you to say out loud. Christmas means we never have to be alone again. Why? Because of Emmanuel. Jesus is always with us. So, when a pandemic strikes and, and there's a lot of unknowns and what's going to happen, what do we know is true? Give me your eyes. Jesus is with us. Think about it. 
And if you'll know that Jesus is with us, even during a pandemic, that changes everything. That changes everything if I know that God with skin on, Jesus Christ, is with us. What happens when an election gets ugly and it seems like everybody's angry and yelling at each other, what do we know is true? You ready? Jesus is with us. <laughs> it's amazing when you let that kind of soak in. Oh, yeah, he's with us. He's going to walk through even the anger and the frustration. What happens when a loved one is sick and it seems like there are no answers? What do you do then? You remember Emmanuel, which means what? Uh, God is with us. Jesus is with us, and he'll walk through that valley of sickness with us. What happens when I fall in the same pit of sin for the hundredth time this month? What, what happens when I've got this pet sin and I really, really want victory over this sin, but it seems like it's got me by the throat and whatever I do, I just keep falling and again and again into the same sin. How am I going to get victory? I really want to get well. Here's the truth that you need to hold on to. Ready? Jesus is with us. Emmanuel is walking through that, that really challenging sin that you're dealing He's with us, and as you allow him to take charge and work through you, in due time, he'll start giving you victory over that sin. Why? Because Jesus is with us. <laughs> awesome, all-knowing, all-powerful Jesus is walking right through that situation with us, okay? Uh, in his book, The Jesus I Never Knew, author Philip Yancey gives us this insightful picture. Here's what he says. I learned about the incarnation of Jesus when I kept a saltwater aquarium. I, I became the management, and uh, I was overseeing a marine aquarium, which I discovered is no easy task. You would think that in view of all the energy expended on their behalf, that my fish would at least be grateful. Not so. <laughs> Every time my shadow loomed above the tank, they dove for cover under the nearest shell. They showed me one emotion, fear. To my fish, I was deity. I was too large for them, my actions too incomprehensible, my acts of mercy they saw as cruelty, my attempts at healing they saw as destruction. To change their perceptions, I began to see would require a form of incarnation. I would have to become a fish and speak to them in a fish language for them to understand. Listen closely. A human being become a, becoming a fish is nothing compared to God 
becoming a baby. Do you understand? God Almighty, eternal Son, second person of the Trinity, and that's exactly what happened according to the Gospels in, in that barn in Bethlehem. The God who created the sun and the moon and the stars and the billions of galaxies. Listen with me. This is huge. The one who created the cosmos with his words became a baby. He, he, he allowed himself to be confined to a little baby's body. Do you understand? It would be like an artist who's drawing out and painting this masterpiece. It'd be like the artist becoming a spot on his own painting. Do you understand? Or like a playwright, someone who's writing a play, becoming a character in his own play. <laughs> We're like fish in the aquarium. Our God is so huge and incomprehensible. His acts of mercy we look at. God's working in our lives, and we see that as cruel, and we're afraid, and his attempts to heal and grow us, we see as destruction. And we're darting under our shells and running from him, and our fear of God makes us angry with him, and we hate him, and we run for him. But here's the truth. Give me your eyes. God loves us so much that he willingly left the glory and the splendor of heaven and took on a human body so he could speak in a language we could understand. Jesus was tempted in every way, just as we are yet without sin. Why? So that we could see, so that we could relate, so that we could hear, so that we could understand this awesome God who took on human form so that we could identify and understand exactly who he is, okay? If God had a name, what would it be? You ready? There's an answer here. If God had a name, what's God's name? His name is Jesus Christ. If, if, if God has a face... What would his face look like? Give me your eyes. His face looks exactly like Jesus Christ. Hebrews says he's the exact representation. He, he's exactly what God looks like. If God was one of us, what would that look like? I'll tell you what it would look like. It would be Jesus being born in a barn in a little sleepy village called Bethlehem. That's what it would look like. One of my very favorite Christmas songs, and, 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 and the truth is, I'm not sure why we confine this song just to Christmas. It, it has a Christmas ring to it, but I'm telling you what, we need to hear this song year-round, at least I know I do. If you know the song, I invite you to sing along. But uh, we're, we're going to play. It, it's a song by Michael Card, and it's called Emmanuel. A sign shall be given, a virgin will conceive, a human baby. 
Is that not a good song? <laughs> That's one of the good ones. Perfect season, perfect birth, perfect reason for Jesus to be born. Our God is with us. Two thoughts, <laughs> and uh, we're going to close. Some of you here today, uh, in person, some of you watching online, you're not in a good way. You're not really excited 
about Christmas coming in 12 days. Uh, the truth is, because I've heard from some of you, um, you feel alone, you feel frustrated, you feel afraid, you feel angry. Um, it, it's just not good. So the first thing I want to remind you is you're not alone. If you're a follower of King Jesus, if you've invited him in, if, you, uh, if you've said yes to Jesus and he's with you, he's as close as a whisper. Did you know that? He's just waiting for you to acknowledge, oh, you're with me, Jesus, I need your help. <laughs> I, I need you to come and, and help me through this really hard, fear-filled valley time. Jesus is Emmanuel. He's with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He's the good shepherd right there with you. And whatever you're facing today, he's Emmanuel. He's going to walk through that challenge, that pain, that fear, that frustration. He's going to walk right through it. And some of you might be thinking, okay, Pastor Jeff, but I just don't feel it. Okay? Honestly, we can say sometimes I know he's with me, but I don't feel like he's with me. Anybody ever had that time? Maybe like this week? You know, I know he's here, I know he's next to me, but I don't feel it. So, so let, let me tell you what works for me. Obviously, start talking out loud, okay? Just, and I know once in a while you'll be driving and people think you're talking to yourself and and that's okay. That's okay. Um, you just start talking out loud to him. But I guess my second, my second suggestion to you is this. Um, there's a reason why that song is so powerful. I believe music has a way of softening our hearts and our minds and our souls. Um, and I believe that when we start listening to songs like we just listen to Michael Card's Emmanuel, and you can find it on your Spotify or iTunes or Pandora, or you can be old school more like I am. Just put the CD right in the player and, and hit go, okay? But whatever your way of doing that, I'm just going to remind you that when you don't feel it, I don't feel suddenly when you start listening and allow music that exalts Christ and reminds you of who He is and He's right there with you, suddenly your heart softens and you start to feel it. Do you understand? So my two suggestions are, first, just talk to the Lord out loud. Make, make that your regular habit, okay? And, and Denise and I do this so much, she'll say, what did you say? And I'll just say, I'm, I'm talking to the Lord. She'll say, okay. And, and she, same way. She's talking and she's talking to the Lord, and, and now I kind of get it, okay? Why? Because I need to hear myself inviting Jesus to take charge, to be reminded that he's right there with me, okay? And the second thing is, I, I can't emphasize this enough, and, and there's no reason there's so many ways you can worship Jesus well today in worship and song. That's why we have 
Pastor Andy here. That's why in the Old Testament, they had the head of the choir and, and, and the head singers. Why? They, they kind of led the army into battle. You know why? Because the Lord knows we need music that exalts awesome Jehovah God and His eternal Son, Jesus Christ. We need that. We don't do well without it. Okay? So, if you're just not doing well, my first reminder, Emmanuel, he's with you. He's with you. Second, it might be true that you're listening online or maybe you're here in person and you've never believed in Emmanuel for you. You know about Emmanuel. You know about Jesus, and you might even like the warm fuzzies that you know surround Christmas time. But until you believe for you, Jesus, I believe that you left the glory and the splendor of heaven, and you took on a human body, and you did that for me. Jesus, I believe that you lived a sinless life. Therefore, Jesus, I believe that when you took my place on the cross, you were the sinless Lamb of God. And Jesus, I believe for me that you shed your blood for my greatest problem, and that has to do with sin. You solved my sin problem as you allowed your blood to be shed on that cross for me. And Jesus, I believe you took my place in the tomb. I believe that. And finally, Jesus, I believe that early Sunday morning you didn't stay dead. You physically, bodily arose. From, you did that for me. You defeated sin and Satan and death by arising from the, You did that for me. I believe that, Jesus. Now catch this final, final thing. It's huge. And now I receive. Open the door of my life and I receive you as Savior and King friend, my Emmanuel. And right today, you can do that. Watching online here today, I'd invite you, if you're here, make your way over to the prayer corner. They'd love to help you with that decision and celebrate it with you and get you started. And I'm same way, let us know online if you're making that choice, and we'll get you some material to help you get going in this new journey with Jesus. Emmanuel. Why did he come? To save his people from their sin. And, and, and who is this Jesus who's come? What is it that he's all about? He came to be with us and never leave us, never forsake us. It's huge. It's huge. It's why we gather here today. It's why we celebrate this thing called Christmas. Emmanuel has arrived. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for uh, realizing that we are like those fish in the aquarium. And we needed you to take on human form so that we could understand what you're about. 
So, Father, thank you for sending God, the eternal Son, to be born in a barn in Bethlehem for us to solve and deal with our greatest problem in life, and that's with sin. Right now, Lord, I suspect there's some of my friends here, and they're in a bad way. They feel alone. They're in pain. They're frustrated. They're angry. They're worried. Lord, uh, I pray that even right now, they would know whatever valley they're in, that you're with them, and you love them, and you love them so much that you're willing to walk with them through that valley. I pray that even today, you'd help us to turn and talk to you, our good shepherd, and ask for help, and ask for wisdom, and, and Lord, we need all that only your presence through your spirit can bring us. And help us to find ways, Lord, especially through music. Help us to find some music that exalts your son, Jesus, that reminds us that Emmanuel is right here with us, softens our heart when we don't feel it. And finally, Lord, there very well might be some watching online, some who are here today in the building, Lord, and they've never said yes to Emmanuel. They've never believed for themselves. They've never opened the door of their life and invited Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, to come in. And if that's you today, you're watching online, I invite you, would you hit that button and say, yep, I'm making a decision right now. If you're here in person, you can make your way right over. It's a little bigger ask. You got to get up and go to the prayer corner. And those folks, they'll celebrate with you. Here are the facts as we close. Jesus, eternal son, left the glory of heaven and took on a human body, God with skin on, successfully navigated life without sin. Therefore, he alone uniquely qualifies to be the sinless Lamb of God. He did that for you. Jesus, I believe that. Jesus, I believe you shed your blood for my sin problem. And Jesus I believe you took my place in the grave. You're dead. You died on the cross. But Jesus, I believe you didn't stay dead because early Sunday morning, you literally bodily, physically arose from the dead. And you did that for me. And right now, by faith, choice of my will, I open the door of my life and invite you in. Come take charge. Be my Emmanuel. Be my king. Be my friend that sticks closer than a brother. I receive you. Take charge. That's how you become his people. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the reminders 
that you make so clear in your book. And help us, Lord, to put them to practice in this week ahead. Lots of people around us, lots of people in our neighborhood, lots in our family, lots of folks that we work with. The truth is, Lord, they're scared spitless. They have no hope. They're frustrated. They're fearful. They're angry. Lord, give us opportunities to speak up for you. Because Emmanuel, who's with us, wants to be Emmanuel with them as well. We love you. It's in Jesus' mighty name we pray all these things.